This is the Ridge Hunter Outdoors podcast. Hey everybody, this is episode 17. I'm Canyon Clark here with Scott Clark and Jeff Fry. Tonight we don't really have a plan per se, like we normally do. We're not pulling out any articles or anything. Since the season is officially over Sunday, the archery season here in Illinois, some of you guys has already, has already ended. We're going to be talking about maybe some of our favorite moments from the season. We'll kind of recap it from a hunting perspective, from the shop perspective. Maybe talk about some stuff all from this year. Um, and then we'll hit on a little bit of stuff we got going on moving forward. we got some cool stuff coming up for you guys on the podcast. We're going to have some guests on um, starting next week. So tune in for that. Um, but for right now... We're just going to kick it off talking about 2021 deer season in 22, I guess, the beginning of it. But um, I know we've talked about it several times and on the podcast, uh, kind of to start it. The biggest thing I noticed this year from a lot of other years is there were so many big deer that I saw killed that you don't normally see. Like last year, we had a lot of mature bucks killed, probably more than we've seen in a long time. But this year... Maybe not the same number of mature bucks, but the ones that we did come in were bigger antlered, I felt like. And we hit on this a little bit before. I think it speaks a lot to the management that's going on anymore and the way guys are hunting now as opposed to the way they used to do it. I don't think there's any question that it's, a lot of it has to do with management, at least in our area. Yeah, you know, back back in the day, everybody's logo was if it's brown, is down, you know, mm-hmm. and especially if they saw a buck they was going to shoot it it didn't matter what it was yeah you know as long as it had horns they was going to take it out and mm-hmm. now everybody's more conscious about it more aware and they're wanting to grow bigger bucks and harvest bigger bucks and i think we're starting to see the results of that mm-hmm. especially since the blue tongue outbreak back in 2012 yeah and 13 you know a lot of we lost a lot of deer and it kind of affected everybody and made them more aware of what was going on. And so they're letting these deer live out more to their potential, you know, and taking them then instead of just like they was before. Right. We're, we're two generations away from that. Yeah. Uh, as far as deer is concerned. And yep. so you're getting into that second generation of mature bucks. I think you're right. I think it, it woke guys up to, uh, after that outbreak, um, they weren't seeing what they thought were big bucks and they realized what happened to them and and all of a sudden you know man uh maybe we'll let these things grow let's just let's not let this happen again as far as i'd like to see some big deer now you want to go out there and kill a spike buck knock yourself out i'm not that guy i'm not gonna i'm not gonna knock you or or bash you or dish you or anything like that for for killing whatever you want to kill you bought the tag you're going to hunt legally as long as you're doing what you're supposed to do ethically i don't care what you kill right i have no issues with that at all um yeah and i think that's what we talk about a lot too is uh if you want to do your thing do your thing but if you're trying to kill big deer you know and a lot of guys are now and that does speak to some of the good side of those facebook groups and tv shows we talk about the negatives of them a lot but 
there's some positive in them is in that guys see uh, what other guys are doing and having success to an extent, and they think, man, I want to do that. I got this ground. I can kill a deer like that if I just let them let them go. And I was talking to a guy on the phone that we're going to be working with coming up, <clears throat> and he said he, and it's where it starts is he, you know, figured it out himself. He was shooting a lot of young deer, and he's kind of as a deer hunter uh, got past that point now, and he's wanting to kill more mature deer. So he knows he's figured out that the first step to that is okay. I got to let that three year old, hundred and forty inch, hundred and fifty inch buck go if I want to kill the hundred and eighty inch, two hundred inch, potentially two hundred inch deer. You got to let those young bucks go, and that's where a lot of it starts. Uh, but also on the flip side of that, you know, if if a hundred and forty inch deer is your target buck. Mm-hmm or your personal best or whatever well then don't feel like you can't shoot that deer you know because of what the uh, what everybody else will say everybody else will say about you you know if that's your personal best and that's the deer you want then by all means take him Mm -hmm. you know don't put that pressure on yourself i i fell victim to that back before i quit hunting for a while you know, and I ended up with a lot of empty tags and a lot of frustrated mm-hmm. deer seasons, you yep. know, and, and you know, I, think, I got burnt out on it, yeah. actually. I think every deer hunter goes through that, too, where, and even if it's not where they're, like you're saying, pressuring themselves to shoot something, and I think a lot of us go through that, too, but you start shooting, okay, this year I've never shot 140-inch deer. If it's 140 inches, I'm killing it, 130, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Well, after you get a couple of those up on the wall under your belt, then you start thinking, you know, I'd like to have something a little bigger than that. So then you kind of, and maybe you don't, maybe you just think that's the kind of deer I want to kill. I'm going to kill it, which is fine too. But I think a lot of guys in their maturing as a deer hunter, okay, I've killed a few of those now, so I'm going to look for something bigger. But, yeah, I think the, the the hunter matures along with the herd. Mm-hmm. Uh, even let's just go back five years. Five years ago, 160 around here anyway. Now I'm speaking for, where are we at, Kansas? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Kansas. <laughs> <You're right. clears throat> I'm speaking for us. Five years ago, 160 was something you're going to put on the wall, right? Right. Okay. Now, five years gone by, hunters have got those 160s on the wall. Some of them do. Now they're going, you know, what about the 180s? And now you're starting to see, you know, we've seen some 200s this mm-hmm. year, whereas before you might see a, two, a 200. Now a. we're seeing multiple 200s. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> well, and that, that's like, like, uh, my personal record, you know, I've got <clears throat> anywhere from minimum, you know, 125 inch up to 160, 170, mm-hmm. you know, okay. I got that on, I got those on the wall and I don't feel like mountain 10 more 150 inch deer, right? you know, or whatever, especially the cost of uh yeah taxidermy yeah. nowadays but you know i keep trying to improve and mature and as a hunter and you know okay i got say i got 170 inch buck on the wall okay i want i'm not going to shoot anything less than 180 mm-hmm. you know and so i put that on myself and it's not when you get to that point you're not really ending your year frustrated if you don't right. shoot a hundred and seventy or hundred, you know, whatever goal you set for yourself, you know, you're not frustrated. Actually, you feel more rewarded that, Hey, I didn't see what I was wanting to shoot. 
you know, I saw some deer that was below that and I let them go. So that way they can grow and maybe next year I can reach my target. Yeah. You're not defining your success or failure based on shooting a 180 inch exactly. deer, which is another thing I wanted to get into is about like this year, but for us individually, I didn't kill the deer I was after this year. I had one. Oh, I didn't either. I had one iffy chance at him and I didn't feel good about it. So I didn't shoot. And I'm not, I mean, at the time, could I have shot him? I probably could have. If I had a rangefinder, I probably would have. But at the time, I did not feel good about it because I didn't have my rangefinder with me, and I wasn't exactly sure how far he was. And I, I mean, that doesn't bother me now because right. I would rather do that and have him still be out there than shoot him bad, miss him, and run him off, uh, that kind of stuff. But I know, like you said, you didn't kill your target buck either, but I still don't think either of us had failures of seasons. Same way with you. I know you didn't get to go, right. go as much as you wanted, but um, the 2021 22 season from your perspective um i don't know you posted on facebook a little bit about it but what kind of maybe sticks out to you from this year what and i know part of it's probably going to be just getting back into hunting for yeah. you some but yeah you know i like i posted on facebook on, on our post saturday illinois deer hunters on our group there mm-hmm. uh, <clears throat> you know i took about a six-year break for personal reasons and stuff and and you got me back into it this whole bridge hunter outdoors and all that it got me back into it yeah and you know i this has been one of the best years that i've had in a long time and not only is not just for hunting but as far as personal growth and everything and relearning and that and i don't know i it's just like i had that target buck you know he wasn't a big buck probably 140 inch Eight pointer. Is that four corn? No, is that that drop time? Oh, Uh you know, and I had him at 25 yards. And like you said, I didn't have a good, clear shot and feel comfortable with it. Mm -hmm. And it was only for just a few seconds anyway, at most. You know, but I was there. I had him there. Yeah. And I let him go and didn't even try to attempt the shot. And I haven't seen him since. He ain't been on camera. And that was before shotgun season. Mm-hmm. I haven't had him on camera since then. I don't know if the deer's still alive or not, but I still feel good knowing that I didn't take the shot and I didn't risk injuring that deer. Or, right. Or he's whiffed out, and they've never been around since. Yeah, probably. I mean, I mean, yeah. I mean, no, no sign, no, no. hit. He's far enough away from the shop that even if somebody ethically killed him. We may or may not have heard right. about it. I mean, it's possible he could have been taken. It's possible he could have been, he's still out there. We, yeah. we really don't know because we've not seen him either dead or alive. Right. Or, or even heard about him. Yeah. Uh, you know, I had several <clears throat> pictures of him or videos of him off my camera. And I only saw him on the hoof alive in person. That for one time. Just, yeah, for like a 10-second yeah. You didn't get his autograph? No. No. Yeah. I would like to, but <laughs> yeah. not. It. You know, but just just the fact that being there and seeing that and having that opportunity, you know, and it just kind of, I don't know, it just kind of got everything back mm-hmm. in perspective for me. And not only with the deer, you know, I've had, <laughs> I know you give me crap about it all the time. <laughs> You know, and you're right. I should have bought that five dollar turkey. <laughs> yeah, I tried to get you to. <laughs> yeah. No, I won't see any turkeys. I this year. See no turkeys. <laughs> and every time I went, I had gobblers with 
16 inch beards and <laughs> yeah. four inch spurs walking past me. You know, I don't know what yeah. tape measure you're using. Well, yeah. You know, I'm the, yeah, I'm the one. Yeah. <laughs> the one I give all the girls. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, but yeah, yeah, you know, and seeing all that and just getting excited about it, you know, yeah. and it's like, yeah, I was really kicking myself in the butt the other day when them dudes walked out there and. Mm-hmm. There I was, <laughs> yep. waiting for the game warden to jump out in a ghillie suit, put his <laughs> ticket book in hand, you know. So right. Yep. Had to let him go, but it was. It's been a really, it's been a really good year. I really, I've really enjoyed it. You know, I've passed on, I've passed on deer that you know a few people probably would have shot, and I wouldn't blame them if they did. Mm-hmm. Uh, hunting a new property that's always fun to me. Mm-hmm. You know, trying to learn, learn and learn the property and pattern the deer and figure it out and and then make plans for next year okay you know where do i want to put stands at because this year i was just hunting on the ground yeah i didn't have no stands up so now i got a plan for next year where i want to put stands maybe put a food plot yeah you know, well that property has potential doesn't it it does have potential for real right there next to the yeah uh, that uh public ground yeah 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 i mean yeah and that's another thing everybody talks about public ground there's good deer on public ground. I yep. don't care what you say. There's good deer there. Here's a little uh, sneak peek. I think we're probably going to talk about some public land stuff next week with our guest too. So that'll be interesting. Because like, right. does we he don't... hunt next to me? No, no, oh, well, okay. no. He's from out in Pennsylvania. So oh, well, well, he does a lot of public land and big wood yeah. stuff. But Pennsylvania's I... a long way from uh, Kansas. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I thought it'd be good because you know, like, uh, you hunt next to public for one thing. But we don't do a lot of public land hunting as a group. It'd be cool to get another perspective on it and what he's doing this time of year as far as hunting and all right. that. And I'm not actually before when the rut was at its intensity, mm-hmm. you know, I got to go just a little bit because we was busy up here at the shop, mm-hmm. you know, but I tried to go a few times and I really believe even though I was hunting, I mean, within feet of, yeah. of state public ground, if I'd, was in a position where, you know, I could hunt through the whole rut leading up to shotgun season. Mm-hmm. I could have taken that deer that I was wanting. Yeah. And maybe even one even bigger and better. Right. You um, know, they're, they're there. It's just you got to know how to hunt around. And that's another thing with hunting public ground. You got to know how to hunt around everybody else that's hunting there. Yeah. And the, I think the good thing about that piece is it almost just expands the property you're hunting as, mm-hmm. and the habitat because really from what you saw and what we saw, there's not a ton of use on that piece until shotgun weekend right. or maybe right peak of the rut. So you've got a good month and a half mm-hmm. where you've just time. extended – I mean, you're hunting on that piece beside it, but you've extended your acreage to all that public piece because there's not a lot of pressure over right. there. Yeah. The only unknown is how many people are actually scouting that or walking in and out yeah. prior to right. in hours that you're not there yeah. uh, if they're doing what they're doing and going when they should be going. But speaking of that earlier, you know, last week we got a decent buck in. It was a late season buck, mm-hmm. and uh, he was he was rutting, wasn't he, Jeff? Oh, yeah. He's still full. He's, he, really? His neck was swelled up, and it wasn't yeah. like you walked in the back room and thought, "Man, there's a big old rutting buck here." But when you got close, I mean, Jeff, was you fifteen, twenty feet away from About him? Twenty feet away. Yeah, from and, him. and he says that buck's just still in rut, isn't he? And, I, and I'm cutting off legs and getting him to hang him out. I said, "Yeah, he, he's yeah, he's he's there, still smelling from the second rut, or maybe 
you know, he's still yeah. poking around at some other what, Whatever the case was, yeah, he was still there. He was. He yeah, was, you know, here we are in January, and he was. Yeah. Uh, his neck was swelled up big, and you, he still had that smell to him. A know? guy just showed me a picture the other day, and maybe they were just messing around, but two mature bucks fighting right in front of his camera. And, I mean, it ain't like they were just squaring up and kind of, you know, barely going at each other. They look like they were pretty locked together in the picture, so. I think there's definitely some of it that still goes on, depending on the area and depending on your doe herd. I think doe. This was what one thirty something. Yeah, he, he, I don't know that he went one forty. Yeah, if you're out there after a late season deer, it's a nice buck for the, this yeah, time here. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. No. Yeah. Uh, but I'm I just thought I'd throw any, that out there. Yeah, you know? I'm not taking yeah. anything away from the guy that. Oh no, harvesting. No, you're talking about deer. You know, being in rut reminded me of that deer coming in. And, yeah, you know, and he said he said out there that Friday morning when it was like five degrees yeah. outside with yeah. a wind chill of 20 below <laughs> yeah i know because i was at work that day and yeah it, it was sucked. cold and yeah and he actually only hunted about an hour then he's from out of state come into a property that he had permission to hunt for that particular weekend so you know he was going to get out there and, and try to hunt and get his money's worth and he just couldn't take it that morning wind slowed down sun came out temperature warmed up and he killed it that afternoon mm-hmm. um but it it was no, it was rut, no doubt about it. Yeah, you yeah. know, and uh, which you know, back uh, it's been a minute or two, but uh, when we started having that uh, late season doe only here in in Illinois and Wayne County and stuff, mm-hmm. <clears throat> you know, you could hunt them with shotguns and stuff. I assume you still can we in certain have, counties. Yeah, we don't have that in this county right no. now, but. Right. But I remember going and and uh, back behind the house, actually on the creek behind the house, and there was three young does come out, you know. And so I'm like, okay, I'm going to take a couple of them. You know, I had two tags. So I'm like, I'll take both of them does and be done. And just about the time I was getting ready to shoot one of them, when here come a big mature buck grunting, mm-hmm. and he was scent tracking them does up and. He went out there in the field and started chasing them around and stuff, you know. And this was mid-January. Well, you know what so happened. So it still goes on. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. I think yeah. that's doe-dependent. Yeah. Either does that didn't take or that come back in or maybe and late these, fawns these, that are only coming in for the first time. That's what I was going to say. These yeah. these young does I've seen were actually that year's yeah. does. Yeah. You know, they I'd that say would be coming their, in late. Their, that was their first season of coming in. See, yeah. back in, oh gosh, I don't know how many years ago it's been now, um, that late season first started, uh, there were several guys in this area and, and obviously statewide that wanted a pistol season mm-hmm. in Illinois. And they petitioned the legislature to get a pistol season in Illinois. Well, at the time, the uh, the head of the conservation department, and I'm not can't recall his name right now he was against it he didn't he didn't think we needed a pistol season in illinois but there was enough petitions and enough interest and money obviously they're going to buy permits that the legislature passed legislation to have a pistol season in illinois but they left it up to the director of the idnr to say when it was so him being a I don't want this anyway. I'm going to throw this in the middle of at, January at when it's years. freaking snowing and ice and it's always below zero. Yeah. So that's what he did. So that's why 
that late season as we call it now or the third firearm or it morphed into cwd and all yeah. those kind of things that actually started as a pistol only season right. because the idnr director was pissed off at the hunters right that forced him to have one yeah yeah and the first couple years it was pistol only it was like the wild west guys are <laughs> yeah. going out there oh, yeah. you know strapped on and legs uh-huh. and 44s as long as the, thompson contenders oh no, yeah the big yeah and then you, you change the barrels on them and all that yeah. but i remember like the first two seasons there was like an ice storm during one of them and the other one was like snow and two below zero and guys were out there blasting away because yeah. that's what they wanted to do with their pistols we lost and it's a, morphed since then we yeah. lost a good friend during one during that one time yeah yep one year yep um i was uh, back to kind of the 20 lindy lindy yes yeah. yep. the 21 22 season um i wanted to hit on maybe some of our favorite moments from it and for me, first of all, like for the season, I felt like even not shooting a buck, this is one of the better seasons I've had because I can't remember messing up a target buck this year or a lot of deer in general. I that think says I was, something for you. <laughs> I, think, <laughs> I think I was there's as, a lot of bucks around my house walking around. Only with one. Some wounds. Only, only one. one around your house. Scars. Uh, only one. I missed the other one. Oh, okay. Anyway, the, I thought I hunted probably as smart this year as I had in a long time. Even though I didn't get to go as much as I did, I felt like I went on the better days like we talked about. And you know, we hit on a little bit last week. Part of it's because of this podcast. And we started it really for other to help other guys learn. But, heck, I'm selfish. I want to learn to be a better hunter, too. So the stuff we've been reading and, and the research I've been doing for this and all this has helped me. So I felt like from that point of view, I had as good a season as I've had, even though I only had that one opportunity at that, you know, mature buck that I would have wanted to shoot. But probably my favorite hunt, like I said, I didn't have a, as many as I wanted. Most of them were October, early November till we got real busy up here. And then late season, again, getting busy, but was when we all got to go hunt that new property with all you. All three of us, yeah. And we hadn't done that it. in years. Yep. And... Well, you guys saw one deer between the two of you. Yeah. And, and I didn't blew. see anything. I don't think he saw it. I told her she you was heard coming, it. but I knew she was going to so, blow him big time. Oh, she but, did. She between picked. the three of us, we saw one deer, and I saw three of your turkeys that I didn't yeah. get a shot at because I had my turkey tag. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> so naturally, they don't walk by me it at 20 yards. well for you, too, didn't it? <laughs> yeah. So if it had walked by me, I might have had his turkey tag. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But that was probably one of my favorite hunts from this year, just because we all got to go and shoot the crap on the way there, and then you yeah, know, just then, you know, we was out there texting minute, each other, taking pictures yeah. and stuff. Oh, Did, yeah. Didn't we have to somebody drive back? To where we were <laughs> yeah. parked that night as well. Yeah, I believe I did. That's what I thought. Because uh, uh, it seems I to had... me like we got back to my house and, and everybody was putting all their gear up, and somebody realized that they forgot their red arrows. It must have been the fourth guy that was with us. <laughs> Could have been. <laughs> One of us was up there getting phone calls. Hey, I killed a deer. Well, Jesus, I'd like to hey. if you'd quit calling me while I'm in the tree stand. <laughs> <Yeah. clears throat> my brother-in-law killed a nice buck that night. That yes, was we did. Was, I was FaceTiming him, trying to tell him where to stop on gutting the deer so he could mount it while we were running down the road to go back to get my arrows. That was well, kind of Well, first you just tried to Charlie describe to him on the phone. Own. I'm like, yeah. uh, just FaceTime him so yeah. we can tell him. She called me on FaceTime. His wife did, and we finally figured it out. He did a good job. So uh, he, Yes, he, got, he did. He got so, it done. He got, yeah. yeah. I got we, like two or found, three. Found your arrows. Yeah, That's right exactly where I left them. exactly where you right said where they I left them. I got like two or three phone calls on the tree stand, and this guy's called me, and he's breaking up, and... 
He's he's a good customer. I've been a customer for years. I said, I killed a deer. I said, okay. And he's, I said, well, just call me when you get to town. Okay. Well, he calls me about four minutes later. Well, what I didn't realize was he's at the curve north of town because <laughs> yeah. I couldn't hear him. He said, I'm here. A he's kind of laughing. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of, oh, okay. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Give me a minute. <laughs> yeah. Or 30. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's the stuff where I'm a little bit envious of those guys that uh, are not necessarily in the industry or in the processing business where they have a deer camp and they have a different job which 90 percent of the time it works out better for me because i get to go hunting probably more than those guys but for that week or two a year where they get to take their vacation and they go with all their buddies and they have their hunting cabin on their property and they go out and hunt and do the hunt camp thing and and you know come back and drink some man sodies and play cards and and whatever at night and all that oh, good stuff. I, you know, that's part of that that I'm envious of. I understand that. And I talked to a customer, uh, actually, it was during the rut, right before shotgun season. I was unloading these deer for him. And I asked him, I said, you know, how's deer moving? And he was going on, oh, they're moving great. Bucks chasing does everywhere. And I said, man, I wish you wouldn't tell me that because I'm, <laughs> I'm here. And he said, well, you know, he said, you choose your profession. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He said, if you're going, if you're going to run a, a bait shop, you ain't gonna be able to go fish fish. yep that's right and if you're going to run a deer shop you're not going to be able to go deer hunting when you want to right and and you know it kind of brought things back down to earth for me right it's like yeah this is the profession we've chose yeah this is what you know we do we we can go catfishing when we want to in the summertime that's right yep and that's the trade-off yeah it is it's absolutely a trade-off Well, when I sold the pro shop over there at Heartland Archery, I sold it to a guy and I said, listen, I said, you can't go hunting when you want to. Right. You can go hunting when you can. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's definitely a trade-off, no yeah. question. Hey, you know, Scott, you know, when me and you <clears throat> was younger and stuff, you know, we would – we would break away. Well, I'm. A, we were in a position that Canyon's in now. Right. We had. We could. My break dad away. was. My dad was at the shop, and he so knew I what, could break he away. Knew that he needed to let us break away, or we was going to drive him nuts. <laughs> so you know, I'm at the shop more than and, what and we so normally Canyon did. breaks away. Yeah. Because there's someone here. Yeah. And and that's where we're at now. Right. Is where where he's at now is where we were at thirty year twenty yeah. something years ago. Yeah. Right. Which is part of the reason that, in all honesty, I started this business. And there are a lot of things that went into it, but where we do most of our work, or I would do most of the stuff in the springtime, and then in like turkey season, July and August, and catfish season. Yep. And then uh, you know see, what I'm doing during catfish season? I'm fishing. Catfish. And right, then so you know all the consulting. Most of the consulting happens right after the season because no one wants to walk the property during the season. So it leaves me open um, when we get to the point where I'm not up here all the time. Leaves me open to hunt October, November, and then I can still go do this other stuff the other time of year. The trade off in that is I'm not always available to go fishing in the springtime. Uh, but exactly. to me, I would still rather go hunting than I would go catfishing. Not that I dislike either one of them, you know what I mean? But yeah, but you know, you just gotta. And I still you get to go. Your profession. I still get yeah. to go. I feel like probably more than most guys. I yeah. still probably I get to go down to the river and bank pole and run trot lines more than a lot of guys do yeah so i'm not complaining by any means it's just like you said you it, there's trade-offs there is for yeah, everything and, and that's yeah. one of them but as the older you get you know the more trade-offs there is. <laughs> yeah. it seems that way <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah but yeah but the 
But you know, the older you get and stuff, you realize you're there's more meaning to it and more behind it. Yeah, you know, your responsibility not only to yourself and your family, but to your customers and everything else. And you know, so it's just uh, yeah. And that gets back to what we were talking about originally is appreciating, number one, the time you do have in the woods, and then number two, what you get done while you're there. And I think that I think that is the biggest part of the trade-off is whenever you do get to go, mm-hmm. then you sit back and you reflect and you enjoy it more. I, I leave your phone at home yeah. or with your wife or girlfriend yeah, or, yeah. or whatever. I, I wasn't going to talk about this, but. I will now because this kind of leads up to it. But I made a post tonight on our on our page, uh, you know, Southern Illinois Deer Hunters. Mm-hmm. And I asked people, you know, what was your favorite part of this deer season? Mm-hmm. And what did you learn from it? You know, and stuff. And the main trend, there wasn't people talking about, hey, I killed this 170-inch buck, you know, right. and all this. No, nobody's bragging about that. Every everybody that responded on there was talking about. I got to spend time with my son. Mm-hmm. I got to spend time with my grandson, my granddaughter. Uh, one guy said, "You know, my dad's been ill. And this may mm-hmm. be the last year I get to spend with him." And, right. You know, we went out and hunt, and that just that just brings it all into perspective. Puts it all in perspective yeah. for sure. Yeah. You know, it's not just about killing a big buck. You know, uh, as our sport and. You know, it's about sharing our sport mm-hmm. with those that we love and yep. and are friends with. And if if killing that big buck's your favorite part of the season, that's cool too. Yeah, I no, mean, I totally understand that. I understand that, and that's why I was getting that. You yeah, know, you know, I I was leaning in my post. I was leaning. Okay, you know, what was your favorite part? You know, what happened? You know, that you learned something and can share it with us mm-hmm. and everybody responded back i got to spend time with my kids mm-hmm. or my loved ones and yeah. you know that's uh I, I don't know maybe the like i was telling you maybe the scott that maybe the corona and stuff that we've been through maybe it brought maybe that's one good thing about it it brought i've been through more blue ribbon than i have corona yeah but i'm just saying <laughs> oh okay i just chat. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe all that that we went through last year and stuff brought everybody kind of back into perspective as far as the maybe that's the one good thing mm-hmm. that's come out of this. And I think that's a part of the our industry or the sport of hunting that needs to get shared more that doesn't get shared as much as the loudmouths that are out there bashing people for shooting spike bucks and three year old right. deer and all that. Those guys are generally the loudest, just like any other part of life. Yeah. But I think it's good that there's guys discussing that and bringing it up to the surface, you know, because that's a big part of it. Yeah. You know, I I don't have any kids of my own, but I have a lot of stepkids. Mm-hmm. And every one of my stepkids ever wanted to go hunting, I took them hunting and, or fishing, whatever. Right. And I'm not in close contact with any of them. You know, hell, I got 10 of them. <laughs> <laughs> but, Comes but, to the territory. Yeah. But, you know, uh, they, uh, they all, at some point in their life, they've reached back out to me. Hey, you know, you know, I remember when you took me hunting. I remember mm-hmm. when you took me fishing. I remember when we did this and when we did that. And m- most of them are adults with kids of their own now. Yeah. But they still remember that. So, you know, it makes me think, you know, hey, 
if nothing else, I planted a seed there, and now I'm getting to watch that seed grow. Oh, yeah. And yeah. that is more rewarding to me than any 200. I could have a wall full of 200-inch mm-hmm. bucks, and it wouldn't mean as much to me as that right there. Yeah. I've been in it long enough now. I'm I'm seeing grandkids. Yeah. But when I first got into it, I seen dads and kids, and a lot of the kids were preteen. Mm-hmm. And they would get them into hunting, get them into shooting, get them into archery when we had the pro shop. Right. And then usually when they would get to their upper teens, they would a lot of them would get Go away from way. get away from it because they had a lot of other things on their mind besides shooting deer, shooting bows. Mm-hmm. Well, they're shooting something else. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Blanks, hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> Some of them not always. Yeah. But at any rate. Almost all of them came back mm-hmm. at some point in their life, whether it was after they got married or after they settled down or maybe after they got divorced, whatever whatever the case was. And and then they start bringing their kids in. And so, yeah, you can plant that seed, and it always grows. Very, very few people, that very, very few men and, and a few women brought their kids in. Their kids didn't come back to it at some right. point in their life. Maybe not full bore, maybe not like we're you we're into it. Right. But they all got into it and they all stayed in it. Yeah. And and most of those people, those aren't the people that you see in jail. Those no. aren't the people mm-hmm. that you read about in the column in the paper. Mm-hmm. You know, just generally uh, pretty good citizens really. Yeah. And that's you know and it goes back to what we've always heard and taught in Sunday schools. You reap what you sell. Mm-hmm. You know, and if you if you sow that seed as far as hunting, uh, religious, whatever. Well, hunting comes you know, responsibility, right? Ethnicity uh, teaches values, eth- values, values, ethics. All that yeah. comes along with hunting, and it will come back eventually. It's all whether you're teaching somebody ethics about hunting or ethics about life. It's the same thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Values of hunting, values of life. It's the same thing. Yeah. Do, what do you value? What's your responsibilities as a hunter? responsibilities as a man right. same thing yep. it's even if they don't come back to the the hunting part of that i there's a lot of guys that you know listen you listen to talk about well they went to church when they were a kid and maybe they've got away from religion for whatever reason that they have but that seed was planted and they came they back still came from a community of ethics and mm-hmm. morals you know that moral and values and stuff so they have that and they're good people right um it's the same thing with hunting. Even if maybe they don't come back to hunting, then uh, they still have that foundation of like what, everything you're talking about. But yeah. um, back to – well, I want to hit on that uh, first. Even if you don't have kids of your own or grandkids, um, whether it be a stepkid or a cousin or a nephew, you know, uh, if you've got somebody out there – or even just some kid that needs somebody to mentor yeah, him. Yeah, take him hunting. Yeah, uh, hunting, fishing. I owe get a lot out in the outdoors and get him active. I owe a lot of where I'm at now as a hunter and the passion I have for it to not to you guys and Uncle Rod because even when you couldn't take me hunting, Rod was here and he'd take me to the cabin and sit with me and freeze my butt off, freeze our butts off, and watch me miss deer all afternoon and take me out there behind the slaughterhouse and when you couldn't go. Uh, that nine, you know, when I was eight, nine, ten years old, oh. if you got that nine or ten year old kid, eleven, twelve, whatever it is, they can't take their self hunting necessarily. Uh, even if you think they might 
even if they seem like they might not enjoy it, man, get them out there and let them decide for themselves. Because I think you'll be surprised more often than not. They're going to have fun. Even if it's just the experience of being out there hanging out with their uncle or their dad or their stepdad or their cousin You're, or whatever. You, you don't understand how fortunate you are to have Rodney. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's a god. Rod Rod is a godsend. Rod's a good guy. I and remember. He's your uh, uncle, and, and he's he's done a lot for you, done a lot with you. Mm-hmm. I, I owe remember. a lot to him, not just hunting-wise, but in everything. Right. But he, as much as anybody, has kind of driven my passion for the outdoors, taking me fishing and taking me hunting when you couldn't always because he was at work uh, and, you know, being there and doing that kind of stuff. And he didn't even start till he was in his 20s. Right. You know, he's not one of those guys that came up hunting with his old man. I think maybe they squirrel hunted and rabbit hunted a little bit when they were younger. But, maybe. <laughs> but, you know, he was never a deer hunter till he got in his 20s and started doing it myself. But then he saw that he enjoyed it, you know, <clears throat> and thought, well, maybe, you know, and I, at the time when he, you know, I already was interested in it because being around the shop and you did it and grandpa and all that, but, you know, he helped progress me along in all that. I think a lot of Rodney started uh, with uh, fishing because yeah. me, me and him was, we started bass fishing together where, well, before either one of us had a driver's license. Right. You know, him and, and your grandpa and your mom and them would come out to our house and me and Rodney get our bicycles and we'd take off with our fishing poles go fishing. and go fishing all yeah. day long, you know. So <clears throat> I think that's what got started. But, you know, you was talking, excuse me, you was talking about all that. And I remember, I remember the day I took you deer hunting and you killed your first buck. First buck with a bow, yeah. Yep. I took you in there and I said, Canyon, I said, this is where they're going to go, you know. You need to set up somewhere in this area right here. They're going to mm-hmm. walk right by you. I said, there's a real nice, small, young 10-pointer. I said, he's not that big, but he'll be a real nice buck one of these days. I said, if you can, if you can shoot any other deer, <laughs> yep. shoot it and let him go. But if you shoot him, that's okay. you know. And so there we was. It was colder colder than the dickens that day yeah because we went the day before uh the floodwaters had come out and froze, froze yeah <laughs> in the place we were in yeah so we went a different place freaking cold and <laughs> late it was december right late december yeah, every bit of late december almost yeah. early january That's what I was thinking. and so yeah and uh i seen deer walking through and uh we had our phone getting close to dark yeah it was almost dark and i text canyon hey deer coming your way you know and he's like i don't see him i'm like well they're coming your way and so i just sat there waiting pretty soon boom, and then i heard deer take off and crash you know i was like okay and canyon's like oh i got one and stuff and then a few uh, min- the text i sent you was i got one i think he was a pretty good eight yeah pretty good eight yeah he uh-huh. was he was there a bit of a day. <laughs> yeah, yep. A couple more. Yeah. yeah. After, all right. after, you know, and I was all excited for him. I didn't care. And we got right. over and we tracked it up. And, you know, he was he was beside himself. And I I loved every second of it. We tracked him up and I'm like, yeah, he's there a bit of an eight. I <laughs> yeah. think he's the one I said that, you know, hey, if you can let him go, <laughs> yep. let him go. But hell, I didn't care. It was it was yep. worth it, you know. It's, it's hanging on the wall. It's hanging on the yep. wall. 
Yeah. You know, we drug that sucker out. Not only was that the first time that he killed a buck, but it's the first time he drove a pickup truck. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, that distance by myself anyway. Yeah. Was that yeah. was that there at the slaughterhouse? Was that a buck or was that a buck? That was buck? a button buck. That was a buck. So it yeah. wasn't the first buck. Ten, the the ten, very first buck his grandpa brought the lawnmower out because he wasn't gonna walk that far. <laughs> Tied a rope around him and drug him out. And you know what I told Rodney? I said, I killed a buck so big, Grandpa had to get the tractor out here to drag it back to the house. It was a Murray. Tractor. <laughs> Yard tractor. Yard right. tractor. I, started, I got pictures somewhere still of, of that of your 10-pointer yeah. on the back of the four-wheeler. Yep. And, you know, my truck sat up so high that I wasn't about to try to load the mm-hmm. four-wheeler on. That was your little short bed. Yep. yep. I wasn't about to try to load the four-wheeler in the truck with a deer on the back of which it, had I mean, needed a line for like three years <laughs> it was no, not it the just, easiest no, truck to drive it just need new it just need new ball bearing or ball joints <laughs> yeah, upper lower upper ars lowers, yeah, tie well, rods well, yeah. yeah but anyways you know so we threw the we threw the deer in, in the back of the truck and i looked at canyon i said you ready and i could tell he's like what the hell <laughs> and i'm like you're going to drive my pickup truck to the house with the deer and i'm going to be in front of you four wheeler and it was so that was a cold. warm ride back wasn't it it was for you <laughs> it wasn't for me it wasn't even warm in that truck i can't imagine the four wheeler all the way back oh but yeah i remember every detail of that day that yep. that was a that was one of my most favorite hunts ever i think that's the only buck uh that i've shot with a bow that i've watched and that's not completely true i did spine shoot one the only one that i've shot one time I watched him fall from the stand. I think yeah. he went like 40 yards or something. Yeah, he didn't go very far. Heart shot him, but yeah, to quote the old Rutster, you know, yeah. didn't go 20. <laughs> didn't go 20. <laughs> but yeah, that was a for sure one of my favorites, obviously, because everybody remembers their first buck. Oh, yeah. First buck with a bow. Yeah. The first buck I ever shot was with Rod, uh, Missouri Youth Season. Shot up that four corn that's in there, that Euro Mount. Yeah. But. That was that was my first buck with a bow. Like yeah. you said, I still remember that to this day. I probably oh, never will I do forget too. it. And I, I, every time we go hunting, I'll always remind myself: whatever you do, don't tell Canyon what deer not, <laughs> not to, to shoot. Because yeah. yep. <laughs> you know what will happen? Yeah. He'll walk by. You can tell him just say, "Do not shoot it." Don't give him the option. Just yeah. do not shoot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah, but use <clears throat> with me. Remember, I killed my first deer ever with bow. Little, that little doe, remember, back there. Where were we at? We was north of the Coon Club. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. You know, <clears throat> and I killed that little doe, and, and I didn't get to kill the hell bitch that I wanted to kill. <laughs> you killed her daughter, though. You but got I her. I killed her daughter. Yeah. I, I shut that genetics down as quick uh-huh. as I could. <laughs> but you know, where it went from there, I don't know. But, you know, still, I was proud of that deer. Yeah. That was the first deer I'd been hunting for, like, four or five years i don't know and back yeah and back then you know well i started hunting in 85 that's like the first year me and you hunted though right yeah i started hunting in 85 you know with jerry wilson and that was with a recurve then i got one of them i remember getting one of them cheap pses at walmart for 75 dollars you know and you know what that is like not a whole hell of a lot more than a recurve right you know and then i got we got me that browning yeah yeah whole browning setup yeah and yeah and uh so anyways i killed that doe with that and i was so proud of it and it was during it was during farming season and remember you was with me we 
we left there, went to our house to show it to mom and dad. Mom and dad was out, or mom was out on the tractor in, in the field, and dad was in the pickup truck and showed up there and and dad jumped my ass because i wasn't out there helping mom <laughs> remember that I, no i actually don't remember that i know I, I remember that to this day i'm sure you I, do right? i mean i i was so proud of that deer and instead of dad saying oh good job you, know, <laughs> yeah. you need to get that some bitch taken care of and get out there on the tractor and help your mom yeah mm-hmm. one of the first deer i ever shot uh, the I, pizza deer no it was not the first deer it was oh. one of the first deer I was with Richard, and Canyon was a little shaver, and he hadn't quite started school yet. And so I shot this deer, and we knew where it was at. We'd tracked it up, but we had to come to town to get either get rid of our equipment to go get the deer or get a truck or something because we used to take Richard's little Omni, which was oh yeah a whole other story. Yeah. We had a buck in that one time, by the way. I'm sure you did. Anyway, we went home and got Canyon, and, and it was before we started school. I said, hey, you want to help us track this deer, man? He was ready to go. <laughs> And he tracked it up, and we found it. I don't remember that. Old We'd case. already found it, but boy, you talk about high stepping in the oh, woods yeah. now. Oh yeah, I bet Richard remembers. Yeah. I remember. You, I don't remember. You'd that already one. found it, but she's letting him find it. Oh yeah, and oh, just kind of. Pointing <coughs> we were right tracking. Direction. We were blood tracking. Yeah, blood trailing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I remember shooting. Uh, I remember just, us going and shooting one that we didn't end up finding, but there was there were two things I remember from the cabin. That well, I remember a lot of them, but sticking out really. There was one deer that was coming along a fence row, and we were sitting underneath of where we eventually put the homemade stand. And <laughs> I you know said, where you're going. Yeah, you said, "Don't move." There's a big buck coming. So I, went, <laughs> <laughs> I tucked my head under my arms, and I didn't move. I we was were, under the blind. He didn't we see were, your eyes, did he? <laughs> we were in a blind because he couldn't see him anyway. I just didn't. We had that you. little uh, that little ground blind, that yeah. little two foot half blind yeah. or whatever it is. So I just tucked down. And then yeah. I hear him shoot, and he said, did you see him? I was like, no, I wasn't looking. He told me not to move. <laughs> he said, oh, you could have looked at him. So, well, I missed him. Uh, he was farther than you thought he was or something. Yeah, I don't remember. Him. But anyways, I just remember tucking my head under there, and now I didn't move a muscle. <laughs> I was not messing that up. I remember that hunt. Yeah, I remember that I hunt. thought, I'll see him after he shoots him. It'll be fine. <laughs> and then the other one, we were in the buddy stand, and a smaller buck had come through, and... Uh, U-turn and he got broadside. I don't know, twenty yards or so. Anyway, and shot him and you hit him back. I said, "Did you get her?" He said, "Yeah, I think so, but it wasn't her." I didn't even realize it was a buck. I, I was like, "What?" <laughs> but that one we actually ended up finding. But uh, and, and then there was another one we shot, and uh, we were in the homemade blind that time, and I was sitting down with my little. Botech, uh, what was the name of that thing? It was a little youth Botech bow, right? I can't remember the name of it now, but and you were sitting where you're supposed to be, and I was sitting like butt down, legs out, kind of underneath your legs in that stand, so I couldn't get up. But these two, uh, little smaller deer walked right underneath of us where I could have shot them had I been paying attention, but anyway, they got back out around us, and you shot that one, and we tracked it all the way to the neighbor's fence and didn't find it. And we came back later, and it was thrown over the fence. The, what was left of it where yeah, the neighbor that had was our sk- good neighbor that we yeah. couldn't get on right yeah the neighbor had skinned it out and cleaned it and threw it back mm-hmm. but that was nice something yeah those well, are three hunts it really was kind of special out. yeah yeah but anyway i was a lot of but i fun because and all that because i didn't get those opportunities i i'm like 
Richard and I could have got that deer. We we knew where it was at. We could have, but I thought, you know what? This is a great time to for Canyon and you. you I don't. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't think you'd forget that. You don't remember it, but it's fine. I, I must remember. have been really young. Uh, you oh, you were you were not in kindergarten. You were four years old because it was during school because your yeah. sister was in school. Yeah. So you were like four. And that, and I get that. And it's like, a, but it doesn't mean that wasn't something that you know, like. Oh yeah, like I can't remember. Oh, it, but, you were yeah. you were shitting right. in tall cotton that day. I guarantee <laughs> yeah. you. Yeah. But you know, that's like with with my stepkids, uh, my first set of stepkids, and that. You know, uh, yeah. I remember. It's just, uh, it's just uh, they may not remember some of it, a lot of it, but I do. Mm-hmm. You know, and it doesn't so mean it, it's not in there somewhere. Yeah, and like I said, I uh, well, one I I can think of one of the hunts that I took uh, my first step kids to, and Devin was sit. He was just little shit, and he was sitting on the ladder stand with with me between my feet, you know, and down there in, in uh, the boat's timber. And I had a deer come up, and I shot it. And the snow was on the ground and everything else, and I shot it, and I couldn't find it. And so I went and found, we went and found George uh, Woods. I said, George, help come help me track this deer, see if we can find it. I said, I shot a doe. You know, and Devin was trudging along right behind me and George, you know, and hell, he wasn't but eight years old at the time, if that. And George hollered out, hey, uh, what'd you say you killed? I said, well, I shot a doe. And he said, well, you know, uh, that doe growed horns and has got some balls on it. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah. It turned out to be, you know, a little six-pointer, but, right. you know, at that time, I didn't care. And Yeah. And so now uh, I still get Devin on Facebook, and, uh, you know, that's been, my God, you know, what's that been, Scott? Oh, my Lord. 30 years ago? <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> a long time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's a, young, yeah. he's, a, he's a man, and he got right. his own family and stuff, and he'll still send me pictures of, hey, <laughs> hey, Jeff, you know, look at these geese I killed, look at this yeah. deer I killed, you know, and mm-hmm. stuff. And that's the only time I'll hear from him is during hunting season, right. but, you mm-hmm. know, I remember one story you tell about your the most recent stepkid uh, when you guys were coyote hunting. Oh yeah, yeah we uh, he uh, I let him shoot the two seventy some you know let him get familiar with it and that and that's where I was working at the hog farm and uh, he uh, he he got pretty good with it I'll give him that and he was in his teens and anyways uh, I'd get these. Uh, stillborns, and, mm-hmm. you know, from the hogs, you know, we'd just throw them out. So I'd get five gallon buckets full of them. I know this sounds gross on podcasts and stuff, but this reality, let's just keep it real. You know, I'd get these five gallon buckets of these fetuses and I'd take them out there and pile them up in front mm-hmm. of a deer stand that I had, you know, a box blind. And so, anyways, I would let that go on for about three or four weeks mm-hmm. and uh finally it, it was a cold snowy snowy day morning and i got his butt up at you know before daylight yeah and uh we loaded up and we went over and uh the plan was i was going to shoot the 270 he was going to shoot his muzzleloader yeah all right so 
Anyways, we're sitting in this box blind here going, you know, and just right at daylight, here comes three coyotes in, and they mm-hmm. start feeding. Well, he couldn't get his muzzleloader to work. I'm like, here, take the – I wanted him to shoot a coyote. So right. I was like, here, take the 270. I'll take the muzzleloader. I'll get this cap in there. Well, of course, I've got this single-shot muzzleloader open, and I'm trying to put the cap in. It falls out on the floor. <laughs> And rattling, banging around. The coyotes are looking up there at us and stuff. And he he's got the gun out the window and he's barreled down. And he's like, well, "Are you ready?" I'm, I'm like, "No, I'm trying to find this cap." And he's like, "Well, they're going to leave. They're going to leave." I said, "You know what? Just let them have it." <laughs> yeah. And so he did. He shot. He shot it. The first one dropped it dead in his tracks right yep. there. And the other two took off, and I told him, shoot again, shoot again, you know, go after the other one. Well, he was so excited about yeah. the first one, you know, yeah. he just let go. But, you know, at one shot, one kill at 100 <laughs> yards, you know, yeah. on a coyote, I was proud as hell of him. Yeah, Those were and, your uh, hand loads, weren't they? Yeah, and those were my hand loads. Yeah, yeah. there's 90 grain hollow points and uh, loaded with 53 grains of IMR 450 or whatever it was. <laughs> yeah. They... They or, was, or whatever. Was. Yeah, they was right there at uh, Max. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, coming out pretty hot. Yeah, they was coming out hot. Uh, yeah, zero at 100 was zero at 300. Yeah. You know, and that's... Yeah. Straight shooting. Straight shooting. Yeah. That's, you won't get that out of your factory loads. But anyways. <laughs> but still, you know, it, it's just the idea, you know. I may not have been there for its first deer kill, but... We still had, and he still reminds me of it. You know, it pops up on your Facebook memories mm-hmm. and shit, and he, well, he little, brings that up all the this time. This little turd here one time. We had the— There's someone behind me? No, that's you. Okay. <laughs> I said when you were little. We had the techno hunt in the archery shop, you yeah. know, where you yeah, shot yeah. the screen yep. and the animals come across and all that. And uh, so he was used to coming up the archery and watching guys shoot the screen with their bows and arrows, mm-hmm. and you put in blunts and everything like that. Well, we're at home, and we bought him this little, like the Walmart Indian archer. He's got the red bow and the string and the little arrows that have the blunt points on them. They're like fiberglass, like 18 inches long. You know, you, you couldn't shoot from here to the end of your shoe. Mm-hmm. Well, he had one of them when he's like three or four years old. And so he's dinking around the archery because he's around the shop all the time. He brings it up when his mother brings him up to this shop and he sees us and everything. So we're home one day and I forget what we were doing, but he's in the room watching hunting videos because at that time you had a VHS and you had the videos. And so Canyon was just immersed in these hunting videos. That's all he wanted to watch was hunting videos, hunting videos, hunting videos, even when he was three or four years old. Mm-hmm. So he's in there, and me and his mother's in the other room or something, and all of a sudden I hear this tink, tink, tink. <laughs> what the, the hell is going on? What the hell is that? And I walk in there, and this little turd is shooting a video, is shooting a TV because it's not like the flat screen that we have now. This was a glass tube right. TV, you know, the old big tube TVs. He's in there shooting a screen, which happens to be the TV. <laughs> On the hunting videos. Yeah. Yeah. Well, hell yeah, he was. But what are you doing, son? While I'm shooting the screen, Dad. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's not shoot that screen, son. 
It didn't hurt it, did he? Well, no, no, it wasn't hurting anything, but I, I didn't know. Eventually, you know? it might. You know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So from that day forward, we had to get him some real arrows and put him about four feet away from the vit, the techno hunt mm-hmm. so he could actually shoot the real screen. You remember that? I still can remember my 10-foot duct tape line, or 10-yard <laughs> duct tape line with my Brave Bow that I used to shoot the screen with. That's well, you were shooting one closer than that at that time. That's one of the few things I remember about the shop. Yeah. There's, a, there's a distinct sound about an arrow hitting a glass. Last TV screen. Yeah. <laughs> kind of like an arrow hitting a, a fluorescent light. No, it's a little different than that. <laughs> yeah. Not that any of us have ever done that, no, right, no. Jeff? No. I think I no. still have somebody's name in that yeah, light. Might. Uh-huh. Sure. Yeah. Oh, mercy. Yeah, that was back, oh my gosh, 22 years ago, probably. Yeah, a long time Close now. to it. I was just getting ready to say, you're talking about that uh, glass old tube tv be shooting it you're starting to make me sound kind of old and i'm not even old (laughs) (laughs) well that was that was like what the hell i know what that sounds like but surely not a pink in are you serious i'm walking in there and he's drawing the full draw on this freaking tv screen (laughs) you know hey and look at this I but, I, you reminded me of a story of one of my other stepkids, but now I've lost it. I can't. Wasn't he used to get mad at him? I mean, heck, you know, why yeah. not? Well, that was, you know, those kind of things, I think, even like I said, if you don't remember it, you, you take your kids hunting, you know, whoever it is, and it does plant that seed like you were talking about, Jeff, and then eventually they come back to it. Because, I mean, I've always hunted and loved to hunt and done it as much as I could. But, you know, I go off to school, and I didn't even think about doing anything deer hunting related for a job until COVID happens, and then it shuts the whole world down. And I think, you know what, this I can go do deer hunting, and COVID can't shut that down, you know. I went to school for business to go into a whole different world, and now here I'm doing this. And that all started with going hunting, being around the shop, being around the archery shop, uh, tracking that deer with you and Richard. Well, you've you had know. a lot of resources that you can draw back from. <laughs> some of them good, some yeah. of them, yeah, you know, yeah. and not so good. But, but the point is, that you introduce the the kids to that and the, young, yeah. and and not only like you said, does it teach them the hunting part of it, but there's a lot of values that go with hunting that in a lot of other realms of life mm-hmm. people won't get. They might go left to their own devices. Uh, there's no telling what kids have come up th- with these days. Um, yeah. I think it keeps them on a, a better path than they could be on, for sure. But um, we're kind of getting back on track as far as like this past season. Um, I know you talked about some of your stuff. Maybe what was some of your favorite things about this past season? Hey, the favorite thing about my past was I got a new hunting harness. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> because uh, Did you need that? <laughs> well, Lisa got tired of me trying to figure out the old one. <laughs> Because the direction had worn off of it. It is so old. And we do not <laughs> recommend using old safety harness. <laughs> it wasn't a one-size-fits-all. Oh, yeah. And that's no, the problem. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. There was nothing wrong with the harness. It was safe and all that stuff. Yeah, it was yeah. just it was just like, which hold, which it's leg. Just it's one of those. Of the person putting it on. It's that's one of those that comes with the stand, and they're not always the most user-friendly. Yeah. yeah. That's that. Yeah, yeah, we'll go with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I did get that. That was my, one of my favorite parts. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I got the old climber out, and I, I did a the old the old steel summit climber I hadn't used in a long time, and and checked it all out, and it checked out good. So I 
Shimmied up a tree. That was fun. Yeah, was and fun. we heard you shimmy down that night. <laughs> you did not. Oh, the heck! It's only because <laughs> you were scared. Of, <laughs> it's only because you were scared of the dark, and you get down way before no, I do. No, it's because I had that doe out there going crap <laughs> me all the time. I told you she was coming. And you did. It's, <laughs> it's hard to beat the new climbers for the weight and the oh, user gosh, friendliness yeah. of them. But man, them old steel ones, it's hard to beat digging into a tree yeah. with them. Those suckers that sit in there. Oh, I you could would half chop one down if yeah. I wanted to. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm seriously. And they're noisy and they're heavy and the bootstraps ain't great and the seat ain't great, but man, do they dig into a tree. Oh, yeah, there's no question. The shoulder straps aren't great. You mean, they've fallen out of way, but no. Actually, I like my bootstraps on that better than I do those others. Really? Oh. Yeah. The, the bungees on the back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I got to replace those now, but my foot don't. Don't slip out of them. There's no way that I can get my foot out of there unless I reach down and pull that out. Right. I like yeah. that about that. Um, it is a little heavy, but but you can't beat it when you get to the tree. No, when you get up no. in the tree. I, I've climbed a shaggy bark hickory before mm-hmm. and, and break enough bark off to mm-hmm. fill a shed full, but I'm still digging in. Yeah, yeah. But so that was. Um, and we talked about a little bit about the, the quality of deer that are coming in. And uh, I was gonna, actually going to go, uh, I wanted to go like still hunting today, but you didn't get off in time. And, you know, tomorrow might not be a bad deal if it snows. That might, might be pretty cool. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's supposed to really snow until tomorrow night and Saturday, but you said the season ends Sunday. Sunday. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, you guys will be able to go. I'll, I'll have to be at work. Can we go without you? You don't want to go tomorrow? I guess I'll let you this time. Well, one time. I appreciate it. We, oh, yeah. we could go tomorrow. Just, huh? We could go tomorrow. No, I got too much stuff I got to take care of yeah. tomorrow. I, I mean, you. seriously, I do. I, I might try to get out one more time. That that would be tomorrow afternoon. No. I think I'm going to duck hunt in the morning. But I'm going to try to get out one more time because I didn't get to do it today because I had to do some other stuff, which is, by the way, some cool stuff we got coming up with the business, the Rich Hunter Outdoors. One step closer to having the, the one-stop wildlife management store open so you guys can keep up with all that stuff we'll have it posted everywhere but um well heck i didn't even know about that that's news to me yeah well Well, we got stuff coming stuff's on the way secrets from me yeah stuff's on the way you've been working too much (laughs) yeah well but that's what kept me from getting to go today so i might try to go tomorrow afternoon just to get one more hunt in because there's that there's always that you never know you and, never know. And I, I might mean, shoot a doe just because I haven't shot one yet this year. You and know, I probably uh, need to. You know, I tell you what, uh, back, you know, we talked about that pistol season earlier. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first year we had pistol season, and then, you know, following up, there's bucks that'll lose some of their antlers. Uh, oh, it's, it's, yeah. an, it's always been an antlerless season. Yeah. And I've seen some really nice bucks without antlers through the years now not all of them but there are some mm-hmm. really nice deer that lose their antlers remember so. my neighbors when that first started my neighbors uh they don't own the ground now but they did his family ground back in the day you know and they just started hunting and remember they <laughs> shot them deer and brought them up here and it's like okay where's the horns and they're like what do you mean well you know the the horns was gone the bases were there. Right. The, the, the pedestals yeah. was there, you, you know, and you could see, and they's blood red. <laughs> yeah. You know, where they just lost them, you know. Yeah. And right. and then they went ahead and had had them uh, paid for taxidermy to have them mounted. Yeah. yeah there's a lot of you guys know, that do that. It's funny. You'll see guys that will shoot them this time of year, and they'll go, and they'll lose an antler. 
after they shoot them. Oh, yeah. Or they'll fall over and on the impact from hitting the ground loses them. But, no. yeah, there's definitely some guys that I've talked to that have already seen some dropping them. And, yeah. and there's some that are still hard hard enough to be fighting, obviously. Oh, but well, you take, like, last week you got somebody – or somebody – you got some deer that's in full rut, and then now you've got deer that are obviously losing antlers. It, there's from one end of the spectrum to yeah. the other right yeah. there. Yeah. But it's a – you know, you got – this will be Friday when you, this comes out, so you got two more days left Saturday and Sunday here in Illinois to bow hunt. Or if you got your, if you're in the right county, you can late winter antler list only CWD, whatever it's called now, with your shotgun to fill some tags. But don't count out the last couple of days because you never no. know if you're still hunting that one that one deer, he might show up. You know, there's there's guys. It depends on where where they're at within this region, not only the county, but within the region. We've had guys in the shop that says they've just they just had deer running all over them. Mm-hmm. You know, they got to pick and choose and they're picky. And they, and then we've had guys that say, I, I shot the only thing I saw. Mm-hmm. So within our region, there are guys out there that are trying to still trying to fill tags to put a little meat in the freezer. Yeah. As hard as that may seem for some folks, that's the truth around here. There, I've got guys right now that are, that are going to go hunting this weekend to put meat in the freezer because they had a bad, they haven't had a good season yet. And that's one thing about this year I thought was interesting is, uh, and it happens a lot, but another good portion of the time it's pretty consistent across the board. If if this guy's having a good year, then it's generally this guy's having a good year and this guy's having a good year. seems like it's been pretty spotty where there I think there has been a little bit of disease because there's been quite a few of dead, dead deer, not to the amount we had before, not to that extent, but I think it depends on where you're at. A little but sporadic. One guy will tell you, Man, it's just been a tough season. We we haven't seen anything. It's been a weird season. Some of the guys I've talked to, as far as clients or potential clients, have been the same way. And then other guys will turn around and tell you, man, it's been the best year we ever had. Deer all over us, big deer, filled both tags, filled yeah. a really nice buck Yeah, tag. I don't know if there's been another year. I can't recall it right now if there's been another year that's been from one end to the other like this year. Mm-hmm. There's been – usually it's everybody's almost on the same page. And this year it's been from one yep. one end to the other. I, I don't I don't know I can't attribute that to anything. Yeah. I I, I don't know either. But like I said, it, it seems like it's like sporadic would be a good word it for is, it. It's sporadic. You know, depending on where you're at. Because there's uh even just the different places I hunt, I saw better deer activity, buck activity on one property and the other one I had uh maybe two good pictures two pictures of good bucks all year this year and that's a place that normally has two or three on it every year maybe not the same deer but generally i'll have two or three pictures two or three different nice bucks that'll come there and stay for a week or two where this year it just didn't happen but on the other property had more than i normally do so i think it definitely just depending on where you're at did you ever check cameras behind my house i gotta go get it the last but it's not anything I think December first. It'd be from December first to now. So we'll see what was on there from then. Yeah. Before that, mostly squirrels and some raccoons and my dog. Yep. I didn't have well, any. Yeah, yeah, that little eight pointer. Yeah, we had that that wide ten and that little eight. No, What's that wide ten? Tell me in? about the wide ten. You saw pictures of them. Oh, did I? Yeah. Okay. Yep, you're on a need to know basis. <laughs> Obviously, you've seen him <laughs> since it's in my back door. You don't need he's to know. not. A, I don't even know he's in my back door. Do no. Why well, do you think I built that fence around my back door to keep yeah. him out? He's not real wide, 
I mean, he's wider than his ears, not huge, really wide. You, you'd probably remember it if you saw the picture yeah, again. Probably. But And then that little eight. But uh, And then, like I said, on the other property, shoot, there were for sure two shooters and another really, really nice three-and-a-half-year-old on there this year. So mm-hmm. if I'd have hunted one spot or the other all year, I'd have been the same way as those other guys. You I know could where, either had a really good year or a really bad year. You know where, I mean, you went that one evening mm-hmm. up north town? Yep. Well, uh, got hunts on the north side of the road from you. Yeah. Show me, uh, I'll work with him. He showed me uh, pictures and of a bucket he's got right there in that area. I'm sure he goes right there where me and you was at too. Oh, yeah. You know, but he was a, he was a double brow. Yeah. Uh, not double brow, double but beam. Du- double main beam. You know, yeah. Really nice buck. And that particular spot draws a lot of big deer up out in the bottoms. I, yeah. During the rut, especially. Yep. They'll run through there. And then it doesn't, like the property I'm hunting doesn't hold a lot of big deer. They but will stay to the it. north yep. and they'll stay down on the bottoms. But yeah, they do use it. And that's a spot that, um, when I get to hunt, if it's hot, it's hot. You want to be there. Yep. But well, if it's, it's not, like, it's, you it's know, like same they're, thing. They're behind my house. Yeah. You know, when it's on, it's on. When it ain't, it ain't, you know. Mm-hmm. And you just got to be lucky enough to hit the timing just right. I would have liked to hunt behind your house a little more this year because I think might have had a crack at one of the deer your neighbor shot, which mm-hmm. was not a monster deer, but, you know, four-and-a-half-year-old buck would have been a decent deer for there. Deer. Yeah. But I'm sure he used it at some point or another. Oh, yeah. I just didn't get him on camera. But. I'd like to have my camera out there, but somebody pulled it for me. I just <laughs> brought it back so you can see the Well, picture. it's easier to pull the camera than it was the card. Well, no, I he mean, pulled the card and left the Camry. Oh. I took it back. <laughs> you just didn't have one to swap out, so I brought the card back and yeah. took it back. Anyway. Anyhow. You told me just to pull the camera. No. Yeah. After I brought the card. Anyway. Yeah, after you brought the card, yeah. I didn't want you to pull the card. Anyway. Anyway. Anyway, this spring we're going to, I mean, we're going to put a three-acre food plot in there. You know, uh, have corn, uh, switchgrass, uh, have a little bit of soybeans, maybe a little bit of milo. Uh, you know, I had a guy that said that he has had some milo. Well, hell, why don't we just have posies and well, sunflowers? I'd be too, interested I mean. to see. And then, and then we're you know put put some clover and chicory mix in the middle of mm-hmm. all that, and uh, we'll see what happens. You know, yeah. I, it'd be if nothing else, it's a good little test plot. The, and that yeah, that's what I always used that for was to, you know, I use the corn as a screen from the road. Mm-hmm. Naturally, I'll put that right up against the road and screen everything. And there's off. enough of it around that even just planting the little amount either planting, they're probably not going to hammer it. Like, no, well, they, they didn't before. No, they're not. There's the, too much right beside it. The coons and squirrels work it over more than deer will. Yeah. You know, and then I'll have a strip of switchgrass, and then I'll probably maybe a little bit, you know, three or four rows of milo, some soybeans, and then up there more in the center towards the woods, away from the road is where I'll have my clover and chicory. We need, yeah. we need to burn that switchgrass either. F- we need to burn February, that. March, probably. End of March, yeah. right before right before uh, spring green up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's when it needs to be burned. But what's left there in that plot from your old plot, uh-huh. burn that off and get that, see what's going to come back there. Right. Mm-hmm. And the, the switchgrass will come back. Uh, actually, the fire, fire <laughs> helps the seeds that the switchgrass has dropped and mm-hmm. last year and years before the fire helps them to germinate right i know people don't understand that i don't understand the 
like the science behind the it. science behind it but it does you know it gets gets them seeds to germinate mm-hmm. and so if you have switchgrass and typically they tell you to wait three years and then after the third year burn it off right once you get it established yep and then it'll come back thicker and i'm i'm here to tell you i've had switchgrass there for years 12, 12 years yeah and when you burn it off it does actually come back thicker and better and that's not to say you have to burn it <laughs> no because a lot of guys don't have the ability you can mow it you know you can but you know uh and that's a big fad there like this past year we saw a lot like it looks really cool to put on instagram and facebook or whatever that you're burning everything yeah don't I'm, just burn for the sake of burning well <laughs> there there are places that you can't Right, there are permits. Some places you have to have permits to burn. We actually can't, as a business, go and burn for anybody. We could, but the minimum liability on it is ridiculous. Yeah, could not make it worth it. And then I have to be certified as the lead contractor on it through the state of Illinois, which is another pain on top of all that. Anytime you deal with Illinois, is a pain on top of that. Yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah, pretty much. But, I mean, if you're going to burn, burn for a reason. Right. Make sure you have your permits. Make sure what the county ordinances are or your fire protection ordinances are. And it can happen, and it's not a bad thing. Mm-hmm. No. But don't, like you say, don't just burn because you've seen it on YouTube or yeah. TikTok, yeah. and it's a hell of a cool thing to do. Do it. Yeah. Well, luckily, I know the fire chief and stuff, and so I think I can get away with it and have yeah. resources there if I need them available at the time. But, you know. If if you can legally do it and safely do it, uh, fire is a good tool when it yep. comes to food plots and yep. habitat management. And we're getting to the time of the year to start thinking about that. Like yep. It's middle of January, so within the next, depending on what you're doing, we're already getting into frost seeding time for clover and stuff into your established plots. And even if you're starting new plots, you can go in and sow that clover seed. Um, I'm interested, kind of excited for this next year because I know you got that project going. Mm-hmm. Maybe possibly another pro- small project on the new property, mm-hmm. and then I would really like to get in on over there uh, at the cabin and do kind of a almost a remodel of part of it to see. Because, like I said, uh, this year was kind of a bust as far as deer go on that, where it normally isn't, um, but it doesn't hold deer anyway, so. Even if I go in and change something, it's not going to hurt me too much, I don't think. Um, but I'd like to go in and do some stuff there. i got plans to do that. So I'm pretty excited for uh, what's coming as far as yeah. this management season and then seeing what it, the fruits of your labor next deer season. Right. And those, like, especially those two projects on yours. I think that new piece, what we talked about before, of putting that food right there in that transition, mm-hmm. uh, that you could really see some benefits of that. Daytime, oh, yeah. daytime use of that. Before they hit the crop field at night, yep. coming off of the bedding on the public. Well, we know we know that they uh, move out of the pines that they use for bedding, mm-hmm. and they cross in that into the hardwoods before mm-hmm. they go to the uh, public ground for food and stuff. And so, but they don't really stall out in that. Right. Uh, the, what is that? Maybe twenty yards wide. Yeah. At most. Yeah. They don't really stall out there. They just pass through it. And so uh, my thoughts is if I can put a small food plot in there, you know, and it's going to be maybe half an acre Mm -hmm. at most, put a half acre plot in there, have me a stand up for the wind direction and stuff. When they come out of there, maybe that will stop them long enough 
you know, where I can get a good look at them and decide if I want to take this deer or not. And right now they don't have much reason to get up out of the pines any earlier than they need to right right before dark to get up and go feed the field yeah if you put that plot in i think you'll probably see them get up even I think a little earlier deer daylight action yeah and they'll because they'll have a reason to get up earlier go yeah, hit that little feeding plot holding plot and then go out to the main yeah and field. where that's going to be at uh they're going to be protected from the road and stuff nobody's going to be able to see them no not in there road. you know they're They'll have uh, woods on two sides of them mm-hmm. and crop fields on the other two sides of them. So yep. they'll be hidden and secure. And I think they'll be, as long as the guy doesn't overhunt it and, and be smart about pressure the wind too and much, stuff. you know, yeah. and be smart about it, I think they'll they'll feel protected and comfortable in there. And if you play it right, I think you'll have a good shot. Yeah. At, yeah. at a mature buck, you know. Yeah. So I'll be interested to see not just what you see on while you're hunting but what comes on the camera too because oh, yeah. yeah. you get that thing out there we'll we'll have a really good idea how much it's helping or hurting yeah i it won't hurt anything but how much it it's actually changing nothing, it. but yeah it'll be cool to see i think because they're like you said they're already using it which is something we knew when we went and scouted that property we're like okay well, that's this why is, we put the camera there yeah this yeah. is going to be a place where you're going to maybe have a crack at one yeah. and sure enough they use it i mean oh, you've got videos of them they use it and you've seen lot. them on the hoof you know yeah. so that's a, and that's one thing for you guys that it may be scouting, whether you got a new property or public ground or you're uh, looking for new places on your ground now. If you can find those transitions, like this one in particular, goes from the pine plantings into hardwoods, and there's that there's a hard transition between those. Yeah, about twenty yard strip of grass yeah. and and uh, yeah. weeds and stuff. And it doesn't necessarily have to be even a twenty yard strip. Just if you can find that edge where it goes yeah. from one type of cover or habitat to the other, man, that's a really good spot to be. Because, like, you know, deer creatures are the edge, and that's it doesn't have to be just an edge of a field. Right. It can be the edge between pine trees and hardwoods. And that's what a lot of people fall into. <clears throat> them when they think edges, they think, well, okay, edge of a woods to a field. Mm-hmm. You know, no, it's not. It doesn't always work that way. Yeah. Actually, that's one of the worst edges you can hunt, in my Just because it's so unpredictable. Yeah. Yeah. You know, one of the best edges you can hunt is from, like, uh, from, well, like in this situation, from pines to hardwoods. Mm-hmm. Or from hardwoods to to a thicket. Yeah, some kind of cover. Before it goes to a field, you know. Or like an inside corner even where they got that. Inside corner. Where those edges come together and they funnel them. I love inside corners. Uh, yeah. And deer do too. Yeah. Know, that's just... And then edge can even be, uh, but. A cornfield and a bean field. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's an edge there. There's a different level in height. Yep. That's an edge for the deer to walk. It's just, and that's one thing we shoot for on consultations like what we've done before, especially with uh, there in Kentucky. There was so much, essentially what he had when we first went out there was he had one edge around the outside. Mm-hmm. And we went in and put the grain and the switchgrass and the food plots, and we created edges in the middle, edges on the inside, uh, around the outside of that main field, and then you still got the regular edges on the outside plus what we let grow up. Um, and you know we've done that in other places oh, too. You, you just, created at least fourfold edges. Yeah, from at, least. Had, at least at yeah. least maybe sixfold. Yep. And, and the improvement we saw in wildlife activity just from being there in well even small game. Yeah, from January, February, whatever it was, to 
July, August. Oh, we didn't see nothing when we went and walked out the first yeah. time. When I went and mowed that with him, you can't quail, rabbits. quail and rabbits, yeah, doves, and doves came flogging out yeah, of that. Yeah, just a few months before when we first walked that, we didn't see none of that no, stuff. No, nothing There was no sign of any of that. A couple yeah. deer running yeah. out of that bedding area, but as far as small game, birds, nothing. And the amount of deer, uh, they were obviously using it, but like the guy was telling us, not during daylight. Um, I think, you know, and, and it's just, a, it's kind of cool how much uh, you can affect just by giving them the proper cover right. and food and what they need. You're, you're going to have effects not just on the deer, but on all other kinds of wildlife too. Right. That, that if you're interested in hunting that stuff or not, it makes sitting in a tree easier because it's fun to watch quail and turkeys and rabbits too. It gives you something to do at least. Well, not only that, you just know that you're helping yeah. uh, nature nature all in all because nature's just one big circle mm-hmm. you know and so you kind of help connect the docs to that circle and, and you can laugh at me all you want to there are people but <laughs> it's just you know what i'm saying yeah you're, you're not, you're not helping one you're not helping yeah you're helping the whole ecosystem you're not just helping one species or another even if you're just doing it for deer like yeah like right. i said you know it's it's amazingly a whole overall improvement that you can have and that's what I was talking to a guy today about. Um, he had expressed some interest in doing something with his property. And he's not even a hunter. He just enjoys watching wildlife. And he's in like – he actually works for somebody who is involved with wildlife quite a bit. So it's not like he's against hunting. But uh, he just wants more wildlife to watch and stuff. So he expressed interest in having us maybe set him up something. Oh. And – I told him that a lot of times what we do is for deer because there's more deer hunters out there than anything else, but you can implement a similar plan for that and you'll improve your deer numbers and everything else as well. It's just, just by providing what they need. You go in and see what, what's already there on the hierarchy of things they need, being that food and cover and down from there. It all goes hand in hand. Yeah, and then finding out you know what you have on your property, what you lack the most, and then... And working from there so it's really cool to see in my opinion how much change you can have even within you're, you're a gonna few have a lot of change especially the smaller stuff that mm-hmm. cover means a whole lot to smaller game because of, i mean not only coyotes but from hawks, hawks. Yep. you yep. know from from above now we're seeing eagles here uh, eagles mm-hmm. and they're all they're all predators and so it, it, it was a it was kind of neat to see that stuff come right we, we went in and mowed it because uh, he wasn't able to burn it and uh he got a little weedy on him we went in there and mowed it to bring mm-hmm. the swiss grass back up yep and uh there's a lot of smaller game in there that we didn't see the first two times we were there yep. we didn't see walking it we didn't see coming back and we went when we went and planted, planted it. everything yeah and it did that we come back and mowed that and uh huge difference yep. huge difference yeah and a lot of that particular property was cover, which is the two things that are highest on the list for deer and wildlife in general. Food and cover is what a lot of properties are lacking, uh, especially the guys we work with. Um, crop fields are great, but there is so much more nutrition that a deer needs or that wildlife need than just corn and beans. Not only that, those are destination food. Uh, feed fields, where they're going to be out there at, at nighttime. Mm-hmm. So if you go in and add food to your property, even though you've got 100 acres of beans 
on the neighbors, you're still going to see a huge difference. And then you add cover on top of that. Uh, it's it's it'll make a big difference in that. And we're getting to the time of year where it's time to start thinking about that. Which reminds me, we do have a uh, consultation giveaway going on. So, but you guys can go to you're not eligible richhunteroutdoors.com and you can go to the uh, consulting and management tab go to the bottom there's a get a quote a field if you fill it out and then at the bottom where it says service requested put in consultation giveaway that'll get you entered and we'll draw actually on Saturday so tomorrow so you've got today and tomorrow to get in I better get in right <laughs> yeah and then no there's nothing like being in <laughs> yeah well, both of us are usually out so so if you get in that then you got a chance to win a free consultation with us where we'll give you the whole it'll be the whole deal um even if you don't win you qualify for special pricing on a consultation so we'll contact you about that um and the other thing is the big buck contest if you guys are in that you've got a couple more days to kill one but that'll be wrapping up after sunday so uh, currently, Nate is the leader, um, being that he's not officially a member of the Ridge Hunter Outdoors team. He helps with us with the podcast, but um, he's in the lead right now. Uh, Trevor Lawrence, I hope I didn't get his Lawrence. Uh, I hope I didn't get his name wrong, the last name wrong. But he's in second place with a one seventy one. I think Nate's was or one seventy three. Nate's was one seventy eight. That's not a bad second place. Yeah, no, Nate's was one one seventy eight and and four eights. And then I can't remember third place. I want to say Sean Mitchell's in third place right now. So those guys are looking like looking in pretty good shape. So, but those are the congratulations to both of them. I mean, uh, yeah, all three. If it shakes out, all three of them. Yeah. Well, actually, anybody that entered Mm -hmm. and you know placed in the yeah, we appreciate you guys entering that too because it's uh, that's for the first year we done exceeded my expectations for it, and I really appreciate everybody that got into that. So. Hopefully, and we'll do it again next year. Um, the entry will be a little different, but we'll still kind of do the same deal. Have some cool prizes for you guys. So, and I'm curious to see. Hey, who, I've seen the t-shirts. Them are pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. Those will be going out next, early next week. Yes. I'll drop those in the mail early. Did I get one of those? If you want one, yeah, sick ink, then a solid, doesn't even a solid sick on ink. that. Yeah, yeah. then I'm solid on I've that. I've heard one. of them. Yeah. You know, uh, well, they're they're close. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's kind of the same neighborhood. Yeah, pretty close. They've done him a solid on that. They're they're good, good, good shirts. Well, yeah. you can find them here in downtown Wayne City, mm-hmm. along with everything else. Yeah. Which uh, actually, if you guys are going to be paying attention to the opening of the shop that we're going to have, it's going to be all in the same building. So if you need some t-shirts, you can come in and get some t-shirts while That's, you get your food boxes. Uh, there's a connection. Now yeah, we're now cooking with peanut we're oil. Cooking with peanut oil. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. I did so, not know that. I did not either. I'm glad you uh, cleared that up for me. Yeah. And that's uh, not only that, on top of that, if you guys do go to the you know, website. That, that could be just a sliding door away. <laughs> it could be. Yeah. That's, that, it might actually be. I'm, I'm not it sure. It might quite literally be. <laughs> <laughs> but nonetheless, those are ways that you guys uh, can support us. And if you go to RidgeHunterOutdoors.com, we've got – it's all wildlife management focused now. If you do come in when the stores open, we'll have some archery stuff still and some other hunting equipment. Don't you have some uh, archery stuff on sale for 50% off? I do, 15% off. off if you come in. 
until the end of January, we're running an end-of-season sale. Yeah. So, um, but that's another way you guys can support. Go there. Go to RidgeHunterOutdoors.com. We're going to bring on some new seed companies, too. That's exciting. Um, and we're going to have some other ways for you guys to support us. We're working on getting a few sponsors for the podcast. I know not everybody likes listening to ad reads, but I would not be reaching out to these people to help us with the on the podcast and to promote to promote their products had we not worked with them before and, and liked what they put out there. So we're working on getting some of that for you guys, and there'll be a benefit in it for you too. Uh, we'll have some discounts for you guys to get, which I think is pretty cool. Um, so be on the lookout for that stuff. Um, we're going to try to hopefully get to some outdoor expos. I know there's one in Kentucky this weekend that we've been to before that we're missing out on. Um, we were talking a little bit before the podcast. I've been trying to get to Bloomington to the Deer and Beer Fest for two years, but they've canceled it for two years. No. Um, they probably ran out of beer. No, I was well, going to say the beer or the deer. COVID. COVID. No. Yeah, that's what's canceled it the for Rona? two years. Corona. Well, me and you run up there, you know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I've not. You know I, what the likelihood is. When I went up there, I think it was in Peoria. Was that not where it started at? <clears throat> the Deer and Beer Fest was a different one. I think it was started in Peoria, and then went to Bloomington, and then they moved it somewhere else. Now I'm pretty sure. And then one time I was in in uh, Carbondale or Marion, they had a I don't Southern know. Illinois Expo down there one time. Well, that's at uh, John A. Logan. Yeah, they got that there now. Okay. So we're at Johnny or right. not Johnny Logan. So, and then uh, they got another one that they just started what uh, ten years ago. It's supposed to be over at oh or by O'Fallon, Collinsville, Collinsville. Yep, yep. Well, we're gonna try to. I'm hopefully gonna get us out to some shows. We're gonna try to get in in Iowa. We'll see how that shakes out. Um, if we do get that, we'll keep you guys updated and you can come see us there. Uh, we might do an on-site podcast, depending on what all happens with that. Oh, I'm thinking we probably, if we get it on one of them shows, we're going to do an on-site we podcast. We might as well. We might get you some know cool guests kind of on there, too. Fun we're going to have there. Yeah, we might get some cool guests on you there. You think this is fun. <laughs> yeah. You ain't seen nothing yet. <laughs> yep, that's right. But that's, Especially if we get in the beer and deer fest. Uh-huh. I mean, come on. Yep. Uh, do they have cabs there? Uh, I'm sure they do. They probably have one running a route, <laughs> a shuttle route is from it, there is to the podcast hotel. in the same building as the hotel. Uh, well, it can be. It yeah. probably should be. We can uh, do it wherever we want. Oh no, we'll yeah. have to podcast from the show. Hey, I've been to those shows. ATA you know. is just—I don't know if it's wrapped up yet or not, but it was just going on this past. I've week. been to several of those. Yeah. In fact, I've. Well, I've been to several of those. They ain't seen nothing yet. We arrive on scene. (laughs) Anyway, we won't be the only ones there podcasting, but it'll be a good time. So if we get up there, that's if we make it. We're going to try to get to some of those. So that's just kind of. Don't you know the way? Oh, yeah, I think so. Okay. I'm That's just, some you got GPS, I, right? Yeah. I've been to just Iowa. Google Maps. Yeah. I've, I've been to Iowa a couple times. Maybe. Right. I've been yeah. there once. I was there once for a ball game. Well, maybe more than that. And then I was there once. I sold deer hides up there one time. I was there once and like never found my way back. <laughs> yep. That was that a a I could see how that happened. That's a whole, I ain't got time to tell you the deer hide story, but one of these days I will. Move on is this. So that's nonetheless kind of some of the stuff we got, some <laughs> updates with what's going on here. And like I said, if you guys want to keep up with that, we're Ridge Hunter Outdoors on Facebook, at Ridge Hunter OD on Instagram, and then at Ridge Hunter OD on Twitter. I'm not very good about keeping up with the Twitter thing, but Instagram and Facebook, 
generally post on there pretty frequently. So you guys can keep up with us there. All that good stuff going on. Like I said, we've got some cool guests coming up too over the next month. So uh, hopefully we didn't bore you on this podcast. I, we've been wanting to do this type of uh, format for a while where we just kind of drink some Pabst Blue Ribbon and, and talk about some stories. And, well, yeah. And hunting I mean, let's keep and break it down the season. We ain't so. hiding nothing from nobody. We're That's right. Adults. Yep. So uh, thanks for listening, guys. We'll have another one out next week. I think Nate will be back. Um, we might have a full crew again next week if Jeffrey can get here. So anyway, be on the lookout for that. We'll have the guest on next week too, so that'll be cool. Um, really cool guy. I think it'll be a, a good podcast. We'll talk about maybe some public land stuff, some big wood stuff out, out where he is at. So like I said, thanks for listening, guys, and we'll catch you again next Friday. <laughs>